is an edition of the Weekly Dish podcast. We're here at Bardo with Remy Pettis, the chef and owner. And you have uh, this beautiful restaurant in Northeast Minneapolis, and you've kind of done a menu change. But really, we want to talk about the fact that this is your your one year in business. Yeah, you definitely. Know? Tell us a little bit about Bardo to start. Tell us what Bardo is. And I'm going to be eating while you're talking, just to be oh, clear. Oh, please do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Bardo is um, the restaurant that I always wanted to, to build ever since I started in this business. And it's sort of a, 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 a brainchild and a sort of a project that I've been working on for the last 15 years, um, sometimes actively, sometimes just in my mind when I'm going to bed. But yeah. Um, it's been it's been sort of a it's 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 a restaurant that I've always wanted and um, and we finally were able to start it a little over a year ago and yep. and and now we're getting to a point where um, we can start to fine tune evolve the concept and you know go from you know a, a startup to something that is that is really sort of unique and changing and getting better every 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 day do you think it takes I mean like how long do you think it was until you found like that you felt comfortable in your stride when you first opened because you opened in August of 2017 mm-hmm. right and you were kind of post fair and that was kind of weird right? Yep. And you were a little bit like, oh, but then how long was it? Did you feel comfortable right away or was there a, how long was your learning curve? I'm hoping to feel comfortable in about five years. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> That's about right. Mm-hmm. Right, when do you ever feel comfortable? Right. Do you ever feel finished or accomplished? No. Right, and I think that would be pretty boring if we did. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. I love that answer. Do you think... Um, do you think that uh, being in this neighborhood has been, you're there, like, are you very happy with your location? So this, of course, has been a restaurant yep. many times over. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a third generation of a restaurant in this space. And, um, yeah, I love this neighborhood. This neighborhood is, is super special to me. I grew up just not far from here. Right. I spent a lot of, right. you know, my, my early childhood in South Minneapolis, but my teenage years <laughs> uh, right across the bridge Crawling. Um, in downtown yeah. in, the, in the Mill uh, City District. So um, this area is, you know, it's it's growing, it's booming, it's the next sort of horizon of um, residential growth in Minneapolis. And so there's going to be a lot of really um, excited people moving in here that are excited to live in a really cool part of Minneapolis, and and I hope to give them something that they can, you know, kind keep, of neighborhood keep excited about city yeah. and mm-hmm. all the rest. Tell me about the road construction and what that was like for you. <laughs> it was it was very frustrating. It was you know we had that huge snowstorm this April like, this spring, right? And um, as soon like the day that snow melted, they pulled jackhammers out and started oh tearing up the road, and so that was that was very frustrating. But yeah. um, the neighborhood has been like really supportive and um, has have kept coming in, even though it hasn't been the easiest to get here. Um, and now it's finally starting to wrap up. You can now park on both sides of the street. I thought that is, was a revelation. Which is great. Yeah, <laughs> it made, didn't take me a hundred years to get over the bridge yep. and to get here, so that was great. And it's and they're still finishing up down down East Hennepin, but um, hopefully that will all be done, and they won't have to do anything else for a couple more years. But, right. But know. it did impact your business. I mean, was it like? Oh, yeah. You yeah. had a dip, and so how did you? What did you do to manage that? Um, you just tried to um, manage labor, manage costs, you know, make sure that, you know, the things that were unpredictable weren't, were as, you know, as 
manageable as possible mm -hmm. um, and tried to just do some outreach and get people to you know realize that we're still here you can still get here right. let people know how to get here let people know where they can park and have have good information for people is is key that was key probably um, yeah but um, but yeah it, it, it always hurts like that when anytime you're they dig up the road in front of your, your business it's gonna it's gonna take a hit um, you know the the patio there was oftentimes it was a beautiful yeah. sunny day out and you have dust clouds from like construction workers right and, and so God. <laughs> so it, it's it was it was it was tough but it, we, we got through it and it's and we're still still here mm-hmm what about Super Bowl how did Super Bowl affect you as a business um, I, I think it affected me in the same way it affected a lot of people that weren't attached to the Skyway system or on Nicollet Mall. Mm. It was, um, we spent a lot of effort and time getting ready for it and getting excited right. about it. And, yeah. and then it was, it was ultimately a bust. And I don't want to be too hard on the Vikings, but the day that they lost to the, the, the Eagles, the next day we started getting cancellation after cancellation. Oh, no. For, that you had uh, held for, for for reservations that we had held for months because yeah. everybody it was all Vikings fans that were excited to go see the to Vikings come in, see the them in the Super Bowl, and then as soon as they were out, it was just their books started opening up, and then Super Bowl weekend came around, and we had about uh, thirty to forty percent no shows. Wow! So it was it was n nights that we had been booked out for months, and then we're sitting there with a dining room that's half empty. That's crazy. Yeah. I know. That is, I think that a lot of people felt that, and a lot of people didn't know really what to, I mean, you can't, you can't know that that's coming, so yeah, you was, just sort of do what you got to do. We had never, at least in, in my adult life, we had never seen a, an event like that no. in Minneapolis, no. and so there was no, there's no precedent, there was no way to predict what was going to happen, and, mm -hmm. you know, we prepared for the best, and, you know, what happened, happened. That's the way it goes. Yep. Now, how about how has the staffing situation been for you? Have you noticed? Has it been hard to keep, you know, servers? And I mean, I know the minimum wage passed while you were here, you know, in your in your mm -hmm. restaurant. So, has that really affected you? Um, I'd say yes and no. We have we do have a lot of turnover. Um, we have a sort of a unique style of service, which mm -hmm. is which is very detailed um, and and it's it's a little bit different than than a lot of restaurants. And so it. A lot of people. I don't know if it's, you know, the any sort of thing to do with the minimum wage, but it's just our. We, we're built on turnover. We're built on hiring young people that are inexperienced, and they and they turn over. And so we have a constant influx of interested, yeah, excited young people, and some last and some don't. But, right, right. I suppose that's true with everybody. But I also don't think that turnover in restaurants is a bad thing. I agree. Because you know, the more. Mm -hmm. The more you have, the more you're, you're. Everybody's constantly learning. Everybody's experiencing something new. Everybody's seeing new, cool, new things, mm -hmm. and it gives an excitement into the dining room. I think from from every person that's in there, not just the guests, from the staff as well. They're always excited about trying something new and trying new wines or trying, you know, exploring how things work and, you know, cool ways to do service. Do you think that the um that the seasonality of your menu, which is it changes with you know what's in produce and and what's new and what's good, um, do you feel that that is something that is a draw to people that they absolutely come because they know they can get something different, or is it just sort of a is it an afterthought for them and they just rely on you? People really do appreciate it. People um, you know like seeing new things, and we have a lot of especially with the support that we have from the neighborhood. We have a lot of regulars. We have a lot of people that come here. Um, you know. 
more than once a week for several months. Do you months. really? Yeah. Yeah. And so they, they really appreciate things changing and they like the, the fact that we're always serving, you know, things that are either um, coming into season mm -hmm. or um, it, at the peak of their seasonality. So, right. um, but then it's, at the same time, we have dishes on our menu that, you know, have the same base techniques and preparations that we've had since we've opened, like the agnolati that you just tried. Right. I think um, that's a genius thing to have that as your, like you have different versions of it so you can mm -hmm. rely on that as an eater, but, but yet you're sort of surprised by whatever comes. Yeah. And people still know that like th what they still have some level of expectation that they can count on that, you know, it's not going to be completely changed every time I go. I can still have that great pasta, but it's going to have different garnishes or different vegetables or right. different complements. Do you find that people over this last year have kind of, they've gotten, they understand your cooking. Do they request things? Do they say, hey, I mean, I wish you would do like a, you know, tomato pie or something like that. Sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I try to take the spirit of the request into consideration. <laughs> that is the nicest way I have ever heard a chef answer that question. I take the spirit of what they want and give it to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are they really, this is what they're asking for. What do they really want? Right. I know, sincerely. That is the truth. My God, it's hard though. Yeah. But I mean, especially with regulars, right? Because they kind of feel you want them to feel like they own the place, but you kind of also don't. Right. And I have some, and I have some regulars that I've been cooking for for, you know, seven years back from when I was, you know, at Cosmos, and right. you know, I've, uh, you know, I've people that come in and request like molecular gastronomy tasting menus because they know my background. Because they know you can. Yeah. And so they, so I, you know, I'm, I'm more than happy to, you know, if, if given some notice, you know, yeah. accommodate that and do what I can and do something special for people because, you know, if we, if we have the ability to do it, then we're going to do our best to do it. Yeah. What do you find has been the most challenging thing this year for you? I don't know. It's uh, <laughs> taking, taking time away yeah. has been the, the hardest Interesting. part. Interesting. Like taking know. time for yourself. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's. Um, and just, um, you know, the, it's, it's not always worth it to, to step away because then I, you know, have to deal with things when I come back. Um, but that's been, that's been really the hardest part is just, you know, getting that, getting that balance in life. Yeah. I think that's a common thread. Mm -hmm. What do you think, um, as far as being this is your first soul like this is you own this place this is your mm -hmm. baby you've been yep. in kitchens you know a lot of them what is has that been a just a monumental shift for you or it was, has, was it yeah. kind of seen, seamless no it was it was a lot of it was a lot of you know muscle memory and applying what I've known yeah. um, but it's 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 really tough when you're when there's nobody to ask question or say I don't know let me go find out or you know just having to have all the answers and not having really a whole lot of you know people to go to to, to figure it out um, but that being said it's been a lot more difficult than any other job that I've done um, in the industry but it's also been a lot less stressful oh really so it's you because know, you're answering to yourself instead of someone else's if, expectations and if there's something I don't have to deal with anything that I don't like you know I don't like I if someone is like if, if there's an idea that I want to change and I can just you know, make a decision and do it and there's nobody that you know is gonna like stop me and say right. no we're doing it this way instead just you have to deal with that that's a decision that we made um, so working for myself it's you know it's just having that sort of freedom and that flexibility is has 
make made it a lot less stressful even though it's more difficult it is yeah the accountability sometimes that you know the kind of village other people sometimes worse than having the consequences of your own decisions and dealing with them when especially as as a chef most chefs will put you know they were not usually in it for a paycheck and we're not in it for you know anything other than just doing the best possible job that we can do and um, and and when you when it's not about the money when it's when you put your entire self into a, a job if you're if you have to deal with things that are really frustrating to you at the same time it, it's sort of this this clash of yeah of emotion of, yeah it is a lot uh, how have you found the community like the chef community do you blend well with others or are you more of like let me just do my own thing kind of a deal no I've, I've it's been su- really supportive oh good you know I think that that is one of the things that is unique about our city is that our chef community really cares about each other and they want to see each other succeed um, they want to go out to eat at each other's restaurants and you know have great food and ultimately I think most of us want the city as a whole to you know make strides and bounds you know we'd like to see you know, somebody get a Michelin star here. Yeah. It doesn't really matter that much who it is. You really? Know, is just, that a thing that you guys discuss amongst each other kind of deal? Uh, I've, I've discussed it with a handful of people, but uh-huh. it's it's just getting our city to be on that radar. It's getting the foot in the door. And if, you know, if mm-hmm. get getting exposure here is going to get more attention here and get more, you know, national, you know, interest in what what's going on. And the more we can do that, the better each one of us can do, the more opportunity we have, the more, you know, people will start to go out to restaurants more. You know, you are one of a handful of chefs who have kind of grew up here, then left to go cut your teeth in other cities and learn mm-hmm. things, and uh, you, and then come back. Was it always in your plan to come back, or were you sort of thinking, I'm gone, and then you sort of got pulled back? No, nope, it was always the plan to come back. Really? Yep. And to bring what you learned mm-hmm. to this town? Yep. Why do you think that that's, why do you think that that's important? Well, I think that it's just in, we need more influxes of, of new ideas. You know, as we grow as a city and as a dining culture, um, you know, we, we've, got, we've got some great, you know, chef trees, as they call it, mm. of, you know, you know, descendants and people that have studied under local chefs, and that's great, um, but we need more, like, rootstock, I guess. Right. You know, we need more different types of trees. You know, right. We, and... And so the, the more sort of perspective and influence we can get from, from other sources, the better, the more diverse our, our ideas can be. And have you found that, that diners over this last year are welcome to those kind of influences and newer ideas and thoughts? Definitely. And, you know, I've, there's a lot of, the thing about our diners in Minneapolis is that Minnesotans travel really well. People True. go, I mean, we have all these weird seasons and people go and... <laughs> <laughs> like first summer, second summer. <laughs> yeah. So people, people are, are very knowledgeable about what, what their experience and what they've seen in other cities. And so when we have people that come in and say, well, I haven't had a meal like this since I was in New York two years ago. Or yeah. I haven't had a meal like this, you know, since I went to France. You know, it was like, and that's... And that's just because we're trying to do something just both on the service side, the wine side, and the food side um, that are just a little bit, you know, outside of what is standard and just trying to get inspiration from from 
the past or from right other other countries do you think that there's a minnesota sort of cuisine i hope not i don't think the answer to that is no no i mean really you don't i mean because what's funny is someone someone was having a discussion about it and they were saying where you know who are we what are we we're obviously not really hot dish anymore we're obviously not really you know um the kind of bland food that a lot of people think that we used to be or were sort of responsible for but then what are we you know and i think i wonder about your seasonality and how that plays into it i mean i think we have a very um responsible approach and i think that like that um you know being we being true to ingredients we have a very sort of we have, we have a, a a culture that cares about um sustainability and climate change and you know we have um and and i think it, it matters to people to minimize food miles and to you know make sure that the, we're responsible we're, we're sourcing things responsibly um but i don't think a minnesota cuisine has really been figured out yet you know i think i think we're still a really young city in terms of our culinary development um that we're still in an experimental stage, mm-hmm. and you know we're we're where you know Chicago might have been in the '80s. Mm-hmm. You know we're we're right. we're still and and that's what that's one of the things that's very exciting about it too is that there's a lot of really intelligent, really creative people that are that are doing their best to to try to push it forward, um, but but they're still figuring it out. And 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 as diners, you get to you get to witness that and you get to see sort of this. Minnesota cuisine emerge um, before we even know what it is. Yeah, that's great. That's so. I think that's. I agree with that fully. And also, if you're really any kind of a city, you know, with the evolution of the city should come the evolution of the food. So right. as we get more, you know, Hmong travelers in, or we get a bigger Somali community, I would hope that those influences sort of permeate the culture a mm-hmm. little bit more. Definitely. So that's what's interesting. Yeah. No, I know it's. It's interesting. It's all uh, the way that we evolve is partly through you guys just changing things up and trying new things, you know. Yep. And do you think that people um, do you think people are ready for more restaurants, or do you feel like that we have a lot of restaurants already, or that we need more? I mean, I don't think that the number really matters as much as. I mean, there there are plenty of restaurants that have open seats on a Wednesday. Right, that's what I hear. So yeah, you know, you, so I don't I don't think we necessarily need more restaurants, but you know, restaurants are going to come and go, and you know, let's replace the ones with that that are that go with something new and new and exciting, and, and keep doing that. And I think we're doing a we're doing a fairly good job of that, um, but I don't necessarily think the answer is more. Mm. Right. I think a lot of people are kind of worried about that, or they see they see the equilibrium and they want to make sure that it stays balanced, you know, as far as that goes. But right. But that's interesting to me. That really is. So but what? That, but okay. that being that being said, I don't think it, that should discourage anybody. Right. You know, like myself or anybody that has that has an, has a real ambition to open a restaurant. I don't think that should be discouraging at all because there's there's. There's plenty of opportunity. There's plenty of opportunity for someone that is really wants to do something cool. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, what would be your one piece of advice to someone who is opening a restaurant right now, have having gone through it and then had a year under your belt? Um, 
my one piece of advice would be um, think about service as much as you think about food. Good. Because had you been really focused on any front of house before this, or I've had I've had several front of the house jobs. Okay. Um, and I was in when I was in for for a while while I was at Moto, I was a captain on the floor. Mm -hmm. um, so I've done I've done Michelin level fine dining front of the house service in my career, um, but it matters so much because your your the food can only be get to a certain point before it's compromised by lack of service. That's right. You were the first one to say that, honestly, to me, because I, I have a feeling that we're losing what service is because yeah. of the way that dining is getting more casual, and, and I don't need formal service. I just want efficient and clear service right. more than anything. I mean, if, we, if you care enough to put the, the, all the energy that it takes to make a great plate of food, you should also care about how that's presented to the guests and for that matter the mental state that your guest is in when they get that plate put in front of them and so, if they're if they're happy and relaxed and excited yeah um, because they've just they're in a great room and they've been welcomed by a great staff and they just had a, a cocktail that was you know made perfectly to their specification um, they're gonna like your dish better yeah and do you have people that are managing your service team or is that under your purv purview now it is under. I mean, I, I I oversee it, but it's I do have some you have some very capable humans. Yeah, people. That's really good. Um, what would you think that if you can predict, you know, what the next year is going to be like? Is it expansion? Is it holding on to what you have and honing it? Is it blowing things up a little bit more? I think it's I think it's honing and evolving and expanding the. Um, are the intricacies of service, you know, developing more, adding in tableside service, tasting menus, a cheese program, um, further developing the wine program. The wine, wine program is something I haven't mentioned yet, but it's it's a huge aspect and it's a it's a it's a huge part of what we do, um, and just sort of evolving each sort of aspect of it to to bring everything up, sort of in in quality all at the same time. Yeah. Do you, do, you, do you find servers and front of house people who are hungry for this kind of thing, for this kind of knowledge and stuff, or is it more like you have to sort of teach them how to really appreciate it? I think there's a little bit of both. Yeah. Um, and I think that there's, um, there's a certain sort of small subset of people that are really passionate about you know service, and a lot of that has to do with wine and has to do with um, sort of attention to detail and nuance that that sometimes gets lost um, but there's a lot of you know young and excited people that are coming up that are just excited to be a, a part of something and you know they don't know that they really care about it until they see it yeah I think that's your true I think that we're gonna see this weird dip you know from the young service professionals because they're gonna have grown up mostly with counter service and fast casual and all mm -hmm. this stuff and then they're gonna discover what it means to have that sort of moment of service and I think that we're gonna come see a swing back in that yeah. way that's exciting so uh, what is if you would describe Bardo in three words what would you say that's a tough one I'm still gonna make you answer <laughs> I'll eat this ham while you think three words three words um, does um count as a word no <laughs> uh -uh. Um, 
minneapolis progressive indulgence i guess i like that good choice because you think people need to sort of come here and feel like they are having something special yeah but it's also in, indulgence doesn't necessarily have to be special or i mean it's it is it is special but it doesn't have to be you know a, a special occasion right you know right it's, is it more like treating yourself yeah. kind of a self-care move right yeah that's and and I think that you know there's nothing wrong with um, indulging a little bit in something every day. Right. Yeah, you can't get fat from eating one chocolate <laughs> right. chip every day. <laughs> Indulgence isn't necessarily a dirty word. No. You know? Right. I mean, but that's it's interesting. There's a lot of there's a lot of self-editing going on for people. You know, they're trying to live their best lives and do the right things, and you know, so yeah. maybe giving them a place that's a break is right. kind of a mm -hmm. lovely thing. That's good. That's really good. Well, thank you so much, Remy. This has been really great. Well, and thank you very congratulations much. on making it a full year. Thank you. Because that's also something that isn't happening all the time, all the way around right. the town. Yeah. Um, but it's been lovely. And Bardo here on Northeasters, you guys are still dinner only, right? Yep. Okay. So dinner only. We're closed on Tuesdays. Right. Um, we are available for uh, special events when we are closed, whether that be a Tuesday or a lunch or different things like that. We're happy to, you know, open up the the room for something that do something special yeah. and then to indulge if you will exactly thank you so much yeah thank you